0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show
1: that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss.
2: Welcome, everyone, this Tuesday to Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. We have a very interesting show for you today. We have been talking economics and manufacturing updates <laughs> around the world, but before we get to that, I want to get the uh, postscript from last week's show and some news items from Lou. Lou, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And you?
2: I'm doing well. The weather is fine down in the Atlanta market, so we're doing well down here.
0: Well, up here, it was 46 degrees this morning, and I'm still wearing my – Hawaiian shirt and my yellow jacket, and uh, this is my kind of weather. To our postscripts, uh, last, uh, last week uh, we have our U.S. and global reporting, which turned out to be really uh, an interesting and lengthy uh, conversation to the extent that we broke the show up into a part one and part two. Uh, So last week we did have part one with Chad Moutre, who's the chief economist for the National Association of Manufacturers. And we also had Norbert Orr, who's our senior international correspondent and economist for Strategus Research Partners. Uh, And uh, that was uh, an interesting show from a couple of different perspectives, Uh, too complex for me to get into to give you much information on that. But go back to the show is on uh, October eighteenth, uh, and um, it's on our archives at manufacturing at mfgtalkradio dot com. Manufacturing Talk Radio. Um, a couple of news items, and I thought some of them. This couple of points were interesting. Uh, first of all, the the the, the dollar has uh, risen after our uh, manufacturing reports of the last uh, week or so which uh, seems to be spurring and and fueling the idea and uh, the morning line betters that the U.S. uh, interest rate is going to be going up. Um, And uh, that's probably going to be a a good thing. But that said, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about trade and uh, the world of politics is talking a lot about trade and the, the TPP and the NAFTA, is it good, is it bad? And there's a lot of misconceptions, and we are going to have a future show on that, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, there were two uh, uh, pieces of news that I picked up on, and I thought it was pretty interesting, and it kind of relates directly to TPP. And here is uh, the two points. One is that Walmart, U.S. corporation, invests $50 million into China's online grocery business. it is huge. They will be covering they will be delivering um, food and groceries through their own logistics company in more than 300 cities. They presently have more than 25 million registered customers that's that's unbelievable that's bigger than New York, Los Angeles and probably Chicago combined and that's their customer base. So the point here is that American companies are looking to invest in foreign companies, particularly China, our largest competitor, and uh, it seems to be uh, working. Uh, The other piece, other news, is uh, China manufactured to open a $20 million factory in Arkansas. Um, It's going to bring 400 jobs. The deal was made with Governor uh, Hutchison, uh, uh, the last week on Thursday or Friday, um, they will be hiring like four, 400 jobs, uh, 400 people. They're investing $20 million into that location, and they have all kinds of tax abatements and so on. Uh, the company that owns them is Tin yen, and they make about 10 million articles of clothing annually and now supply 90% of Adidas garments and uh, other known Name brands so the point that i'm uh, I, that I found uh, interesting and constructive and helpful is that American companies are opening up in foreign comp- countries and Chinese companies are opening up in the us and that's what you call fair trade and I think that that's what uh, the public has to look at that TPP may not necessarily be bad as some politicians feel, and it may not be as good as other politicians feel. But you ought to research it and see where in the long run the the working guy, the middle class in this country is going to benefit. So uh, I I think that these are two very interesting points. Uh, And, again, be on the lookout for our TPP uh, uh, program, which will be not in a too far uh, distant future. Um, and on that note, uh, Tim, back to you.
2: Right now we have with us Chung Long, who is from our uh, China office. He is going to be speaking with us about what is happening in uh, Asia and all of the countries there. He's our se- senior international correspondent for Asia. Chung, how are you today?
3: Hi, good morning, Tim. I'm doing very well. Thank you.
2: Good, good. uh, What's happening with uh, purchasing managers' indexes around uh, the Asia countries?
3: Uh, Well, my report is mostly focused on on China since I'm based here, so let's start there. And uh, in September in the past month, the the PMI index was reported, of the manufacturing side, was reported at 50.4, which is the same as the month before. And as Lou said, uh, when it's when, when the number like this probably shows that the market is uncertain. And what we see in the market is actually that the, the market is re- relatively stable, although uncertain. And um, the uh, within these indexes, the production uh, number is up and new orders are up, suggesting that the market is stable with a little bit of increase. Uh, large enterprises, uh, indexes are, are higher, uh, are on the expansion side, while the medium and small enterprises on the contraction side because in line with what the, Chi- the China's government claims to be their goal to reduce uh, smaller manufacturers and uh, to promote larger manufacturers. basically smaller manufacturers, uh, especially those that are not environmentally um, Uh, Feasible and uh, large energy consumption enterprises are going out of business. Larger and combining some production capability into the larger enterprises. Uh, However, on the other side, employment and inventories are down. Uh, We don't actually have a very accurate unemployment uh, number here, but what we believe, what I have heard from many sources is that uh, due to the, uh, the government's goals in China, a lot of things is really headed, spearheaded by the government. And uh, to, to reduce overcapacity, uh, a lot of the smaller companies will be going out of business. People will be uh, laid off. And the expected number in the next three years would be about 3 million uh, jobs lost. So uh, it's a challenge to uh, to the whole uh, economy as to whether or not those people can find new jobs as well.
0: Uh, Chung, I'd like to just yes. point out something from uh, uh, the beginning of the report that the uh-huh. 50.4 number, which is, you're right, is stable for the last two months, actually is the highest number since uh, the beginning of uh, – 2015, so over That's right. uh, almost oh, close to two years. Uh, it is now showing there was a big jump in uh, uh, two months ago and now stabilized at 50.4, so it seems as though it might be taking a little breather, and uh, uh, even though th- there are a lot of companies going out of business there, uh, particularly the steel mills, uh, the small steel mills, uh, which creates a whole other problem uh, can you give us some insight into the problems being caused by the fact that the little the little mills are going out
3: out of the out uh, of business yeah certainly yeah. the um so this is this is, this is really the, the the first time that it's Stably on the expansion side so for quite some time now. I think it's two years, probably more than two years, almost three years. It been the the whole market has been pretty bad. And um, but uh, about the steel mills, this is the uh, th- there are two areas that uh, two main industries in China that are uh, massively being downsized, being um, capacities are being removed, meaning that's Businesses are going out of uh, going out of business. That is mm-hmm. the coal industry and the steel industry. Now, coal industry has been very, uh, according to the government, they have been very successful, but um, they they plan to eliminate about fifteen percent of total total capacity in the uh, in this year. Uh, but the steel mills are a little bit more, uh, slightly different story. However, uh, what is happening is that smaller mills are being eliminated, and uh, those mills that cannot pass the the new and more strict environmental control, uh, taxation, all those kind of regulations, uh, they are being eliminated. So that, uh, but for the for, for, for all the industries that are downstream from the steel mills, they used to have an abundance. So so the years before, uh, ever since 2008, there were so many uh, small, small steel mills uh, started off by uh, peasant farmers who probably for generations were farmers on the land, and uh, there was a boom in the market, and um, uh, so they started small mills and. They melted material to supply the downstream uh, industry. Now, these these steel mills, once they're out of business, what what it's created is a shortage of steel supply in the market, and steel prices have risen about 30% this year, since the beginning of this year. And what what I'm talking about is the base metal, the carbon steel, alloy steel, the, the base metals construction used for construction, and the uh, vast quantities. For the um, specialty alloys, like nickel, uh, titanium, titanium prices have been quite stable recently. The nickel prices uh, have also risen uh, quite some, so that, that also affects the, um, the ability of downstream companies to, to do business.
2: While the manufacturing uh, is uh, fairly strong, um, how is the non-manufacturing PMI index uh, in China right now?
3: The non-manufacturing PMI for last month was uh, 53.7, and this is this this kind of shows that the a lot of the manufacturing. Jobs are now going into the non-manufacturing sector. Mainly, it is going into the uh, delivery, uh, the, the transportation, including express delivery. Express delivery is really a, a fast-growing industry in China right now because all the um, this is this is the 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 entire logistics market uh, in in China has been. Developing very rapidly in the next past years because it, it has not been developed before. Uh, right now, they're building logistic centers all around the country, in every major city, uh, to to sort the goods for domestic consumer markets and retail, hotel, tele- telecommunications, and uh, banking. Those in those sectors, the PMI index are all above 55. the uh, One of the special things of the non-manufacturing sector is that construction reported at 61.9, and this is, this is believed to be driven by the strong housing markets in the country. The housing prices are going through the roof, so a lot of people are investing in constructing new housing. Well,
2: that certainly sounds consistent with the uh housing in the United States, which isn't uh, going gangbusters as it has been, but it's still been very strong. The next uh, largest economy in, uh, that's considered part of that uh, Asian area is India. How is India doing?
3: Uh, India is, uh, is, 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 is doing pretty well. Uh, in the past month, India had uh, negotiations with Britain to, uh, to to strengthen their trade trade agreements. They also had negotiations with Russia, and this is uh, sort of a historical event. Last year, that uh, uh, last last month, that Indian and Russian leaders uh, met and signed many billions of dollars of defense and energy deals. This actually just happened last week, so. Um, For example, uh, Russian oil will pay $12 billion, $13 billion, to purchase India's SR oil, uh, to purchase 98% of India's uh, SR oil company, so to to jointly develop their port facilities, their oil refining facilities, and such. And also, uh, Russia will be selling to India some technology for building helicopters and ground to air missiles. Uh,
0: Chung, uh I've been hearing about this uh, so-called uh, belt and road plan coming out of China. Uh, I, I would suspect that here in the U.S. we don't know anything about it because if you're not talking politics these days, you're not talking about anything in the news. This uh, this program, uh, from the way I understand it, uh, it, it makes for a very powerful economic group in the world. Uh, can you give us a, uh-huh. uh, a, a an idea on what it's about and what uh, what the end goal is?
3: Yes, certainly. Um, this uh, there, this this Belt and Road plan. I understand it's. Uh... Uh, rarely mentioned in U.S. media these days, but it's, it's actually quite, uh, quite in, important. Quite uh, important uh, reported in in Asia. This uh, this was presented by uh, China's uh, President Xi Jinping during the G20 summit month uh, mm-hmm. before, and uh, but actually the plan the plan was presented. Uh, a year ago, uh, well, more than a year ago, but the uh, on G20, some of the details were announced. So basically, this this plan is to 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 uh, build infrastructure, build infrastructure to countries that uh, that currently are not very developed or have the area that um, ha- have the expansion. Capability for building infrastructure, mostly for roads, uh, railway, uh, airports, seaports. Uh, by building this, in, by investing and building infrastructure in the belt and road countries. Oh, I'm sorry. I should explain first. The the, the so-called belt is actually uh, called the uh, Silk Road Economic Belt, which is uh, roughly based on the ancient times. There was a Silk Road from from Xi'an of China right. to uh, Europe, uh, right. people on tra- uh, traders on camelbacks trading silk. Uh, and they, they crossed over the land uh, through all the way through the um, Central Asia uh, to, to Europe through the Middle East and such. Uh, so this, these, these countries there in the middle are relatively not as developed and there's a lot of areas that need investment. And the uh, the road is 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 called the Maritime Silk Road, which is basically a uh, water waterway on the on the high seas from China over to South South Asia, uh, into India, to the Middle East and parts of Africa. Uh, so that the idea is, is to invest, uh-huh. It includes to in, uh,
0: how many countries?
3: Includes more than sixty countries. Yeah, and added together, it accounts for about nine, uh, 29% of global GDP or uh, 63% of world population.
0: That's uh, quite an economic powerhouse. Um, yes. This would certainly be something that we would be excluded from, except as a customer.
3: Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It means you as, as in uh, the U.S., Currently, the U.S. is not in a very good position to take advantage of, uh, of this Belt and Road, Belt and mm-hmm. Road plan because the, 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 the idea is to invest in infrastructure, give these countries the ability to, to purchase, uh, to, to buy goods from producing countries, from importing goods at lower prices, and mm-hmm. also uh, to, for long-term financial uh, economic growth. To create the market, right. basically, and the spearheading this uh, investment is the Asia uh, Infrastructure Investment Bank, which is currently chaired by China and 57 other countries joined, including the UK and many uh, Germany and uh, many European countries as well. But so far, U.S. and Japan uh, have not joined the this Asia Investment uh, Infrastructure Investment Bank. So. It kind of excluded from – from probably excluded from the benefits. But once these infrastructures are built, of course, any foreign company could, could utilize. Uh, it will make it easier for the world to do business with those areas. With well, it will be
0: interesting to see how this uh, plays out. Uh, Tim?
2: You yeah, know, there's a number of other uh, smaller countries, although uh, important economically as you look at uh, Asia. You know, take your pick, John. Give, bring us up to speed on Malaysia or Japan or Thailand or uh, any of other, the others in your report. Sure, sure. Uh,
3: Malaysia recently had, uh, last month uh, in, in the news, is that uh, they had a labor problem. Uh, as Malaysia's government originally decided to uh, import, sort of, to hire 1.5 million uh, Bangladesh workers to support their growing industry, uh, especially in the manufacturing, construction, and plantation sectors. Uh, however, the government later rescinded this this, uh, this claim, and uh, the, the workers couldn't get in the border, and uh, they, they told the companies that if you need to hire uh, migrant workers from other countries, you have to register and do all kinds of paperwork, making it very difficult. So originally some some companies were planning to, were hoping for this surge of uh, manpower to, to fill their factories now have a problem, they, they can't hire enough people to, to fill their pack, pay, uh, factories or to fulfill the orders that they've already got. So some of these companies are moving offshore to Thailand, some to China, and to uh, to outsource and get their orders fulfilled. So that's that's one thing. in, in Thailand, the last week the King of Thailand passed away. Uh, the uh, country will be in officially be in mourning for one year. This is a uh, this is very important for the Thailand people because the king has always been a figure of stability, although Italian, uh politics has never been stable. But the king has always been uh, in the middle of it and always been a beacon of stability. So it's uh, quite sad for Thailand. Um,
2: the significant period of mourning, one whole year, does that have an yes. impact on the economy over there?
3: Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely have a. Very big impact, uh, although I believe local business people will be doing everything they can to, to keep their business running. But for example, the, uh, Thailand's most famous red light district in Bangkok is ordered to shut off all their lights and close all the bars for the whole year. So um, this will be interesting. A lot of people will be um, probably migrating to other, other work during this period.
0: This will be the next civil war in the mid, in the uh, far east. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
3: don't know if that's worth going to war for, but uh, uh, but on the other hand, Thailand also has some new developments in their economy as well. For example, uh, after UK left the uh, Brexit, leaving the European Union, Thailand is talking to the UK about. Uh, about uh, a free trade agreement between the two countries so that uh, their their companies can do more business. And also, Thailand's soft drink companies, uh, you wouldn't think about this, but soft drink companies are exporting their products to many other countries. In fact, uh, when I go to the um, supermarket these days, I see a lot of imported soft drink from Thailand, you know, like coconut water and and other very uh, exotic flavors. (laughs) Yeah, you, you can check, but it's probably in the US as well. The uh, Thailand's largest tu- canned tuna company, called Thai Union, they invested uh, 575 million dollars in Red Lobster, the seafood uh, chain. You have ah. you have many Red Lobsters over there.
2: We do yes. Yes.
3: Yes. yes. They call it the ocean to table strategy. What they want to do is they, they have uh, they, they catch fish basically. They have fresh. Seafood from the seas, and then they supply to all the Red Lobster stores. So um, look out for Thai fish the next time you go to Red Lobster.
2: (laughs) Well, that might be an improvement. How how about uh, Japan? You know, Japan seems to be coming out of almost a 20-year recession, not a deep one, just a Mm -hmm. long one. Um, How are they faring?
3: Japan overall is still relatively soft, Um, but there are some good news. For example, um, the uh, Japanese makers of semiconductor uh, might receive a big boost to their sales uh, from a from a spike in demand in China. Actually, because uh, because the China's growing domestic demand, the consumer the markets of uh, as we discussed last month urbanization more urban dwellers they want more uh, electronics and this kind of thing of course the the higher quality electronics especially the core components like the LCD monitors the um, the, the the intelligent chips in those uh, intelligent stuff anyway are mostly made in japan and uh, for example tokyo's electron and disco company logged uh, record sales in, in China in the last six months. Uh, and Sony st- stocks rose after they announced the PlayStation, the new PlayStation VR. It, it's their first VR gaming platform, which is, uh, uh, has. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's pretty good. And the, the players, the, the market, the consumers are really rewarding them. And the stock market is also rewarding them. I think their stocks jumped by more than 2%. The day this, this PlayStation VR was announced, uh, introduced into the market. Uh, on the financial side, Japan's SoftBank Group are focused in investing in uh, the high tech sector, and the Saudi Sol- Sovereign Wealth Fund jointly announced they are going to set up an investment fund of over 100 billion dollars to invest in Japan's tech sector. So the, the um, Tech sector's future looks pretty bright. Well,
0: Chung, uh, another yes. fine report. Uh, what's going on uh, on the other side of the planet? Uh, appreciate the information. Uh, seems things are
2: uh, uh, stable,
0: stable to getting better, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you uh, next time. Uh, great, thank well, you. We
2: appreciate we appreciate you having uh, uh, the information for us. Uh, and we'll speak with you next month to give us another update. And uh, we will have uh, another report coming up here from uh, Roy Lowe after a uh, quick commercial break.
1: Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment? Components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials. Thirty years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification, fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line.
0: All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290.
1: Welcome back to Manufacturing
0: Talk Radio.
2: Joining us now is Royce Lowe. He is our Senior International Correspondent for the EU and the UK. I'm going to bring us up to date on what is happening on that side of the pond, going from uh, talking about uh, the Asia-Pacific region to Europe. Royce, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So Um, what is happening? Uh, Pick your poison. Uh, Give us an update on Brexit in the UK or jump into Europe, whatever you'd like to do.
4: Well, uh, I'll start off uh, a little with uh, with Europe. The um, the manufacturing uh, situation in Europe is is not 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 too not too too bad. It was uh, the PMI was up slightly um, in September from uh, from August, about uh, about a point actually. Uh, Germany and Austria and the Netherlands are doing well. Uh, Spain, Ireland, and Italy are doing so 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 and uh my uh my home my home country france is still sort of uh under the 50 mark uh, but it's at least it's over greece now so uh the the situation is pretty good uh as as good as uh, one can see uh globally and um um we we just hope that it'll that it'll carry on. I'm I'm sort of looking forward to France being over 50 again. I'm I'm a little bit sort of concerned sometimes, but uh, I think uh, th- there's a different sort of mentality in, uh, in in France than there is in Germany. They, they're not they're not sort of as as keen to work <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> it mildly as they are in Germany. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, they, they, of course, well, I, everybody but,
0: takes off in August, don't they?
4: Well, yeah. Well, not not really. Um, I mean, uh, that was August. Uh, Okay, September came back. Yeah, but um, it's it's been like this for quite a while, actually. So I don't think you can just blame August.
2: (laughs)
0: No, that's for sure.
2: Yeah.
4: Now you're saying France
2: uh, was doing. I'm sorry, you're saying France was doing better than Greece. Is that a uh, significantly doing better
4: because Greece is well, doing well, really fast it's it's, it's 49.7 as against 49.2 i think i think last month Greece was slightly above uh, above France but uh, <laughs> that's that's the way it goes um germany of course is the kingpin of uh, of europe it's it's got the uh, it's got by far the uh, the biggest GDP. It's got by far the, uh, the biggest export figures, the population and everything. It's, it's by far the, uh, the, for want of a better term, the wealthiest, um, wealthiest country in Europe. You know, the, uh, the exports uh, are what uh, keeps it up there. The manufacturing, is, uh, as, as I think we've mentioned before, is, is very, very significant in, in Germany compared to uh, most of the other countries in, uh, in Europe. And um, that's what sort of holds us up most of the time. But um, the uh, the situation in the in the UK uh, last month, uh, since uh, since we had that bad uh, month in July, right after uh, right after Brexit, uh, we've had two very good months in the UK, uh, August and September, and. Uh, so everybody's saying, "Well, we sort of told you so." Blah blah blah. Of course, the pound's devalued about 14 percent, and right. uh, this is this is obviously going to going to work its way through the system to the point where uh, people are people are scared of inflation. Obviously, people are going to pay more for uh, uh, for for goods and services. You know, the the Brits might. Wake up one day and say, uh, "Oh my God, we're paying more for beer, we're imported beer. We're paying more for wine from yeah. France and Italy and Spain. We're paying more for this. We're paying more for that." And uh, in fact, there was a there was a situation this week. It was quite funny. This stuff called uh, marmite, this gooey brown stuff that people spread on the toast in the morning, and uh, the big supermarket threatened to um, take it offline because the <laughs> the supplier. Had, had put its price up to the supermarket. So there was a huge hue and cry in the U.K. about that. It's the sort of <laughs> little things that uh, that are happening.
0: That's, oh, bizarre, yeah. that. That's a bizarre product to be even eating, unless less running yeah, out. Yeah,
4: <laughs> well, it is. It's, but but, but it's, as, as somebody said, it's akin to uh, Walmart taking Heinz tomato ketchup offline, you know
0: you <laughs> better not do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what somebody said. It was it was akin it was akin to that. But uh, well, on the more serious side, um, um, Theresa May has said that uh, she's going to start the process of, uh, of uh, negotiating uh, Britain's way out of Europe uh, bef- by the end of March 2017. So uh, effectively, it should, be, it should be a done deal in, uh, in two years after that. But, of course, there are so, so many uh, things that are coming up. For example, um, they're talking, there's a talk of soft Brexit versus hard Brexit, one way out. Um, right. There's, there's talk of staying in the single market and, and giving concessions, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the, the, the problem is, of course, that she has uh, working for her a, a few guys: uh, the, Boris Johnson, uh, a guy called Fox, and another guy called Davis. That they were they were Brexiteers, as they as they called them, and. Uh, these guys are, are making a lot of noise. For example, Johnson saying, uh, you know, we can have our cake and eat it. Uh, another guy's saying, uh, well, there's no problem, et etc." et cetera. And, and there's actually some silly, almost schoolboyish language uh, going across the channel from the U.K. to uh, uh, to, to Europe. Um, so effectively, uh, the U.K. has to negotiate uh, a deal for want of a better word uh, whereby they uh, they can well they can survive <laughs> in other words if they go out of the single market they're going to have to start paying uh, start paying tariffs they're going to have to negotiate a deal whereby they, uh, they well they're going to have to negotiate the least painful deal for them uh, and uh, this is this is going to be difficult it's not it's, it's the because it's effective, with 27 to one, uh, there are an awful lot of people that don't give a damn about the UK. Uh, but by the same token, uh, the UK cannot come out of Europe and uh, and do better than it was doing uh, when it was in. That would really, really look bad for Europe. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but they've they've uh, they've actually nominated a, a European um, negotiator for the Brexit talks, and guess what? He's French. He's French. He <laughs> could have been a Dutchman. It could have been an Italian. It could have been a German. No, they picked a Frenchman. So the 1,000-year war that's been going on and off <laughs> all that time, looks like it's coming again.
2: Yeah, and, it clearly uh, will continue. Uh, Royce, yeah. I know that when, when Brexit first uh, reared its ugly head, everybody thought it would be a, this uh, oh-my-God event. that didn't necessarily turn into that. And then there was mm-hmm. some scuttlebutt about some of the other countries saying, "Well, maybe we should think about pulling
4: out." Has that gone well, anywhere? Uh, no. Uh, people will people will talk about it. I think it's I think it's really a, a question of, uh, of of regulations. But I think it's 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 the, the big thing is uh, is immigration, and uh, of course the French and uh, you know the the, the Germans. Let in uh, all these people from all these refugees from syria that's that's one aspect of it, but the other right. thing of course is 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 uh, immigration it's not so much from uh, from Europe although uh, there are an awful lot of uh, people from Romania and Poland find found a way to um, uh, the uk uh, and to france <coughs> but uh, it's I don't think anybody's going to come up, certainly not at this stage of the game, but because there are, there are elections in uh, in Germany and France and Holland next year. So uh, I don't think they'll want anything to mess up the um, at those elections. No, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think anybody's really going to come up and say um, we're going out, because, uh, for example, Germany and France, whether they like each other that much or not, have to have to get along and um and and they've been doing
0: so well at
4: that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) so uh that's no i don't think that's going anywhere i don't think so i'd be very very surprised and uh I, i i think it would be a great pity i mean this this thing is far from being perfect. There are more regulations than you can shake a stick at. You know, all, you know the, the old joke about the the, the, the bend on the cucumbers—it it can't be more than more than this, otherwise it's too difficult to pack. There are many, many regulations. There's, there's the um, and there's the immigration uh, aspect of it too. So uh, I, I don't think that's going. No, I don't think that's a runner. No, Royce, uh, g- going, going
0: uh, a slightly different uh, direction in our conversation, uh, I- I'm going to ask the 800-pound gorilla in the room question. <laughs> what, what, what's, uh, what's going on in perception and attitude about what's happening here with our childish ones running for presidential office?
4: Well it, Are it you scared?
0: It, because we are.
4: Well, <laughs> it gets an awful lot of press. Um Scared? Um well I read the um I read The Economist. I read it I read it religiously ah, for want of a better word. So
0: and, so that uh, means you get all the real information.
4: That, right. <laughs> right. 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 I also read The New Yorker, by the way, Lou. <laughs> um, well,
0: that's a that's a different kind of real.
4: Yeah, it's a different kind of read. Um, I um, they well they're scared. They're they're very very disappointed that it's come to this. Uh, but but I think they I think they're at this point now where they're saying uh, that uh, even though neither one of them is popular, that uh, that uh, the guy finally shot himself in the foot with the tapes, and uh, Hillary's going to win. But uh, nobody's cheering. Nobody's cheering (laughs) because Hillary's going to win.
0: That's right. right. I think as of this morning, the new polls had her nationwide at about an 11% uh, lead in the polls,
1: even Uh though that doesn't
0: mean anything because that doesn't mean she can't shoot herself in the foot uh, within the next three weeks.
4: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch of people around making sure that before she opens her mouth, <laughs> she'd no. be damn sure what she's going to say. <laughs> yeah, if only, as you said, there are only a few weeks left. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's right. And he comes uh, up with an issue a week.
4: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, he's obviously got a lot of smart people working for him. Uh, but fortunately, I think so is she. So. <laughs> And she's got the old man who's, uh, you know, no matter what you say about the old man, he's no fool, is he? Not not hardly. Not no.
0: hardly. no. 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 No.
4: Um, well, you know,
2: you mentioned that uh, Brexit is going to begin taking place here um, in March. I guess that is the right. trigger date for the two-year uh, process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting to hear that are You mentioning that there might be a soft Brexit, a hard Brexit. Uh, yeah. Can, can you kind of share what the differences are? Are they really just tariff issues?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, under uh, and the terms of the soft Brexit, uh, effectively they will they will stay in the in the single market, and um, they, they would still be able to move goods and services and capital and people around in the single market, but they would. They, they would have, um, they would have to pay into the um, into the budget. For example, they, they still have to pay into the e, EU budget. Uh, they would not have the um, control over the immigration, maybe that they want. So, in other words, when 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 Boris Johnson says we can have our cake and eat it, I mean they cannot have the cake and eat it at all. Uh, if, they, if they go for hard Brexit, they give up membership in the single market. So in other words, they're going to have to start uh, looking at tariffs. Uh, there, there, are, there are an awful lot of people, for example, who, uh, who have trade agreements with the UK and, uh, and they want the UK to stay in the EU. But, but if the UK opts, hard Brexit, in other words, they say, we want our own uh, rules and regulations, we want to be able to control who comes into our country, Uh, they're going to have to give up the ease of doing business in Europe. They still do business in Europe. They couldn't couldn't exist without doing business in Europe, but they're going to have to pay tariffs. And, for example, uh, Nissan and uh, BMW and all these people are looking at this and saying, hey, boys, if we have to pay 10%, because, because um, 80% of the cars that are manufactured in the UK are exported, and they're saying, uh, and, and most of them to Europe, of course, and they're saying, if we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to do that. we're going to pull out and put it somewhere else. And so it's, if, if they opt for the, hard, for the hard route out, which I'm sure some of the people like Boris Johnson and uh, David Davis, the, he's the uh, Brexit uh, secretary, as they call him, uh, I'm sure these guys are looking for the hard route out. Um, that's what they're going to have to do. It's, it's not going to be a two-year process. It's going to be a long, long, long process because if they if they get out of the single market, they're going to have to go back into the excuse me back into the World Trade Organization, no longer as an EU member, but as a single country, and that that has to be vetted by 163 members. So it's, it's it's going to be long. It's not going to be two years at all.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a real mess. Is what
4: it's going to be. So it is. It, it is an absolute mess. And 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 the the sad thing about it is of course that this is not what this is not what the voters went to the polls for. The voters went to the polls because they were they were fed up with the government and they were fed up of walking through the streets of the of, of their own city and not not being able to hear English spoken. Really, it, you know, the two things are miles and miles apart, and it's a, it's a great pity uh that it's come to this. But but it has come to this and it's it's gonna be a long, long process. Two years forget it.
2: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> well we so the bottom the bottom line is that I would think the longer it takes the less uh impact it'll have uh on the uh-huh. populace on a day to day basis.
4: Oh yeah. The thing, uh uh when they realise that they that it's costing them so so many percent m- more to live because of the pound, they'll say, "What the right. hell have we done?" <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, is there a uh, potential Royce, for the uh, UK in a subsequent vote after the emotionality of this begins to dissipate? We no. have another uh, event that says, uh, no. "We're not leaving." Sorry, both. No, hours.
4: no. Uh, Theresa May has said Brexit is Brexit. We're we we're, we're going out. We're going to become a we're going to become a sovereign nation again, and uh, etc. That's the that's the Prime Minister speaking. And she was uh, she was she was not a Brexiter. She was a Remainer uh, when she was uh, before she got the job as Prime Minister. And and another thing that's happened of late is that the Home Secretary, the Home Secretary. Has actually come out and said it will be a good idea to go through uh, a lot of these large companies in the UK and make sure that they don't have too many immigrants working there. What? Right. Wow! Well, what does that sound like? <laughs> there's all it kinds. Sound... Of, there's all kinds of stuff being said, and of course, you know what sort of kind of a press we have in the UK? Uh, we, we've got the Financial Times and we've got the uh, Economist. Then you've got the Mirror, which, which and and the Sun, which belongs to Richard Murdoch, uh, the gutter press, and uh, and of course <laughs> it's just unbelievable what's going on. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm 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 sad. I'm I'm really sad about this personally. But anyway. Well, I don't think okay. you have
2: to be uh, terribly sad about it too soon uh, because it'll take such a long time to unravel. But... Oh, it
4: will. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No. I'm,
4: I'm just sad that all these young people who who wanted, you know, who might want to come and work and live in Europe for a while, uh, won't be able to do it. You know, 75 percent of them voted voted to uh, to stay, as did the Scots, as did London. It's it's all about the rest of the country. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well they just have to uh, uh, Pass one law And that says the uh, Language of the UK Shall officially be the King's English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: You ever been to the UK Tim You ever heard the accents in the UK <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I know heard they, they drink I
0: know they drink a lot of beer
4: well that's for sure. Yeah, no, an awful lot of it is imported. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the nice thing is they're now serving it like it should be served. Cold.
2: Cold. Right. You're right. Well I did yeah. I did hear recently that the United States and the UK are two sister nations separated only by a common language.
4: Yeah, I think it was Churchill that said that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think Churchill said everything.
4: Well, he, he said an awful lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was a he was a he was a One he? he was a, his father was uh, was British, his mother was American.
2: So, where to from here in terms of how are things looking for the future for both the uh, the EU and the UK in terms of growth of their respective
4: economies? Well, um, I think that. Um, I think it's going to be it, – it, it, I think that in spite of all the noise that's being made, uh, I think that underneath uh, life has to go on. And um, I think that they will uh, – I think that, they, that the manufacturing sector in the UK, uh, providing it's not uh, messed up by, uh, by Brexit, in other words, providing they don't uh, do away with the, uh, the automotive industry, for example – um, right. I think I think the UK will, well, I think it will sort of muddle along. The, 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 I think the IMF uh, has said that the the growth next year will will be down a little bit from this year. Um, I, I think in Europe it's it's, it's going to be basically. Uh, I think Europe will muddle along too. I, I don't think you, I don't think anybody's going to make any sparks fly you know, for want of a better expression.
2: Yeah, I I think consistent with the uh, United yeah. States
4: as well. And it's pretty so, much the same uh, in your neck of the woods, isn't it?
2: It very much is. Royce, we certainly appreciate you providing us with an update on both the uh, EU and the UK, as you do each month on our global economic report. And we look forward to having you on uh, next month in another update, and we appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, Royce. Thank
1: you
4: very much. Okay, have a good
0: rest of the day. Okay, bye-bye.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at msgtalkradio.com.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.